Hey everybody, welcome to Read This, Read That. I'm Jackie Reed. I'm Joy Ann Reed. <laughs> Ready? <laughs> yes! Why not? Oh my god, we've got Vuclico today. Fabulous. Back to the back. Clinkity to the clink, old clink, stuff. clink, clink. Clink, clink. I need I need this drink, man. It's been a crazy week. Honey. <laughs> oh, clink. Hunt tea, hunt tea, mm. right? <laughs> Sometimes you just need it. Yeah. And today's one of those today days. Today is one of those days. It you, is. You got a lot going on. Uh, fresh back from London. Cheerio. Pip, pip, cheerio. Pip, pip. I've been working on my British accent just for you. Oh, well, I'm sure it sounds smashing. <laughs> smashing. Would so, you like some fish and chips? Fish and chips. <laughs> yes. That's Meat and veg. That's all I'll do. Go on. How was your trip? The trip was great. So it was interesting that we were there. So we crossed paths with your president. Yeah. Um, he came in for a state visit. Theresa May, who was the outgoing prime minister, she decided... They shouldn't have to do it. That she was going to make, you know, they're a captive royal family, right? Yeah. The British royals don't have a choice in what they do. <laughs> they're kind of captive of the people and part captive of the parliament. So Theresa May, on her way out the door, she can't get Brexit done, so she's out of there. Mm-hmm. She's getting pushed out. But on her on her way out the door, she decided to throw a state dinner for Donald Trump and the family. And Donald Trump did what, you know when you invite a relative to your house and like 20 people show up? Yes. He did that. They brought, he brought not just Melania, but all the grown children, including Tiffany. Yeah, there was that strange uh, photograph of Ivanka and um, Jared staring out the window. People called it Children of the Corn. Yes, the Shining. Like the Shining, right? (laughs) They're staring out the window. Brought Ivanka, Jared, uh, Don Jr., and Eric, and their significant others. So Tiffany Gilfoy, I guess, was there. I don't know. All their significant others, plus his friend Chris Ruddy, who runs Newsmax, plus Steve Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary, and his wife, who's a British actress, the one who posed with all the money. Right. I mean, they brought, like, a gang of people. The one person they didn't bring was the little boy. They didn't bring Baron. Oh, but everybody son. else was there. But they do, did not get an opportunity to meet with the young royals. So the royals are, they 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 don't may, they may not have a lot of agency about what they do, mm-hmm. but they can be shady. You've seen this meme that says it's above me now there's a best western yes, next door yes so they pulled a little bit of that the, the the windsor castle which is buckingham palace i mean buckingham palace is gorgeous it's this big beautiful building um there's 755 approximate rooms inside buckingham palace and they said they had no room for him to stay there nowhere to stay so the Trumps were not allowed to stay at Buckingham Palace. They stayed in a different place. When the Obamas came, they stayed at, not only did they stay at Buckingham Palace in one of the rent rooms on the same renovated side. So wow. it's not like it's impossible. But when the Obamas were there, Barack and Michelle Obama and their kids were invited to William, Prince William and Kate's home. Mm. And they got to meet with their little kids. They got to meet little George. They all took pictures together. You saw all these photographs of the Obamas with the young royals. Right, right. The Obamas were denied any photo opportunity no, with the, Trumps, the young royals. The, the Trumps, Trumps, the yeah. Trumps. Right, so the Trumps got no photo ops. They got photo ops only with Prince Charles, Camilla, the Queen. That's it. They was would, Prince Philip around? Prince Philip is a semi-retired. He's like yeah. 95. He's, yeah. So he doesn't really do much publicly. But um, so the Trumps were only photographed with the elder royals. They were not photographed with the young royals. Prince Harry, whose wife, Meghan Markle, uh, the, now the Duchess of Sussex. Our girl. Had just been insulted by Trump. Trump right. said she was nasty and yeah. she had been nasty about him, et cetera. She pulled maternity leave and didn't go to anything. Good for her. Only to reappear Saturday right. for the Queen's official birthday celebrations. <laughs> Looking quite fine and out in public as soon as he was gone. Were you there for all of this? We were there for the second half of it, yeah. We were there for part of it. Are by you the, serious? By the time we got there, they had moved on to Scotland and oh. Ireland. So we didn't we didn't get to see the Trump baby blimp, all that stuff. We interviewed one of the 
protesters behind the Trump baby blimp, and we yeah. interviewed some British journalists, but we missed Trump. Trump had already left Britain. Did you see London. the baby Trump baby blimp? I didn't get to see it. No, <gasps> I know. We were, that was one of my goals. They need to bring it to America. So they're trying to. Yeah, I heard. So there's an attempt now to bring the Trump baby blimp for July 4th celebrations. Donald Trump is making July 4th about him. Mm-hmm. So now the Trump baby blimp people would like to fly the baby. Yeah. The, the blaby. The blaby. The blaby. <laughs> it is adorable. Champagne is pouring. Champagne is pouring. <laughs> so it was interesting because I thought that the the queen and her family, they pulled the, the sort of shade they're able to pull. Mm-hmm. They've dressed in all their finest finery. They had all the bejewels, everything. They brought every piece of bling out. Really? Everything. And there was the rumor that one of the um, stones, some of the stones that were in the queen's crown. Were missing? No, were meant to ward off evil spirits. <laughs> Like, <laughs> they pulled everything, but yeah, the young Harry and uh, William, they did their duty. Prince Harry showed up to one event where they were like showing some art, yeah. and he hung way back. He didn't sh- was not photographed with Donald Trump or the wife. He he in one picture was captured near the daughter, near Ivanka. Mm-hmm. But as, but according to the the reporting, as soon as he caught the cameras looking at him, he backed way out and was not in any pictures. Wow, he didn't want to be in any pictures. And William and uh, Kate Middleton, but Princess and Prince William, showed up at the state dinner. William backed out of the state dinner, didn't go. William and Kate went to the state dinner, but they sat so far from the Trumps that they could not be photographed in the same photograph. Wow. Yeah. So they went, but they did the minimum. And I hear that Trump really, really wants to... um you know, be in with the royals. It's like a really big deal to him. But didn't they also insult Princess Diana? Back in the day, he Donald Trump has been obsessed with the British royal family for decades, since the 80s. And back in the 80s, he used to brag that he could date Princess Diana. He probably didn't use the word date. Probably not. And so the sons know that. I mean, they these, these boys, you know, adored their mother. Yeah. So they must know that. And so they want nothing to do with him. You know, even though they adore the Obamas. They're like friends. What a pig. Why won't they impeach him? I'm sorry to jump on to Nancy Pelosi, but what is happening? I don't, my, I, so I just, before you came down, um, so Jackie and I work on different floors in the building. Mm-hmm. Jackie was just down in my office. Just before you got here, I just finished writing my opening rant <laughs> for the show tomorrow. <laughs> it's like four minutes of me being like, what the hell is wrong? everyone especially now since he says not only is it cool if i accept help from foreign governments with intel but everybody does it yeah everybody does that's not true i don't you know i have to say i was one of those people who thought it was it was insane for seth moulton and tim ryan these young white guys in congress to go after nancy pelosi and try to stop her from being speaker. And mm-hmm. I stand by my great respect for her. She's an, a tremendous yeah. politician. She's, you know, the most powerful woman in America. Her rise through politics is incredibly impressive. She's Baltimore girl. Her family's been long involved in politics. She is a very bright woman, and she knows politics. She understands the Constitution. So I'm doing? just confused. I think right now I'm just confused by what she's doing. I don't understand it. She is refusing, not just not into impeachment. She's refusing to impeach Trump. She is standing in the way of her caucus starting impeachment hearings, and she is not budging, even when he says, I will accept foreign help again. What's the strategy that she's following? I mean, I don't get it. I don't don't get it. I analyze politics literally for a living. I do not. I I have no analysis to offer. I don't understand it. I truly don't. Is there any way that uh, Democrats in Congress can kind of force her hand? Sure, but they're not going to. She is the most powerful speaker since Tip O'Neill. 
And even, you know, and the next most powerful after that would be the speaker who uh, was the speaker who presided over passing the civil rights legislation. This ain't powerful. This ain't Paul Ryan, who they just ran over him like yeah. roadkill. Is this going to be a bruise on her political record? I mean, I have to be honest. I wouldn't. I'm not going to speak for her, but I would not want to go down as the speaker who protected Trump from impeachment. I personally wouldn't. Yeah. Because, in a, you know, we've had Lawrence Tribe, who is the expert on impeachment in this country, as far as I'm concerned. Constitutional law professor has a book out now called To Impeach a President. He wasn't for impeachment originally, but he's now come to the conclusion that it must be done or A, impeachment will be meaningless. Mm. And B, Donald Trump, if it's not, if impeachment wasn't written for a guy who actively helps accepts foreign help, which is what the framers of the Constitution feared most. Yeah. Foreign intervention was the thing they feared most would mm. happen to an American president. It was number one on their list of bad things. If Donald Trump accepting foreign help eagerly and now saying he'd do it again and obstructing justice, which undermines the very foundation of our judicial system, yeah. if that isn't impeachable, then nothing is impeachable. they got to take it out of the Constitution. Oh, I don't so get it. I'm stressed out about it. But I am happy that... Um What's her name is leaving uh, Sanders. Oh, Huck- Sarah Huckabee Sarah Sanders. Huckabee Sanders. Mm-hmm. Maybe she'll take the Huckabee back now. Yeah. But she insists on being Sarah Sanders now. Whatever. Isn't she <laughs> going to run for governor in Arkansas? She claims that she's now into politics. I would not be surprised. And at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if she ran for governor and if the Republican voters of Arkansas elected her. Really? At this point, there's no penalty. Anything's possible. Anything's possible. And there's been no penalty for any of them. None of them. None this of is them. why I feel like he's going to not only he's going to continue that he's never going to be impeached. And he's going to win re-election and do all eight years. I feel like— I hate to say it. It pains me to yeah. say it. But I, it's just like nothing can take him down. And, and the thing is that's so frustrating is that something could take him down. The Democrats. Right. And they seem unwilling or un, unable or afraid is to take him down. Is it they or is it Nancy Pelosi? Does she stand alone on this? I mean, where's Schumer on this? I, I think he stands with her. I, I mean, I think the leadership—and so my executive mm. producer made a point that I thought was really smart. Which was that, and he said this just in my ear, you know, he's obviously not on this show, but he's, you know, talks to me while I'm on the show. And he said, we were, we were talking during the break and trying to figure it out. And he said, when the leadership in the, in the House, when the leadership like Nancy Pelosi and in the Senate like Schumer, when they remember the impeachment of Bill Clinton, they remember it one way and the rest of us remember it another way. I remember, but yes, Bill Clinton did become more popular, but he was already on his way out the door. They impeached right. him in 98. He was not running again. And he became so toxic to... Al Gore, that Gore wouldn't even campaign with the man. Yeah. Remember, he had this yeah. black mark on him where, and we shouldn't use the term black mark, I think it's so bad that everything bad is always black. I know, yeah. He had this stain on him and Gore wouldn't touch him. Yeah. And Gore, rather than picking somebody like Bob Graham, who could have helped him carry Florida, picks the most anti-Clinton Democrat he could get, Joe Lieberman. Somebody who could say, I'm a, my own man, we're not tainted by the bad Clinton guy. And lost. Yeah. All I remember is Republicans kept the House, kept the Senate, and got the White House. Yeah. But when Nancy Pelosi and other leaders remember, they remember the people who did lose their spots were the Speaker of the House, Mm. his replacement as Speaker of the House, right? The leadership got hurt. Maybe they just remember it differently because they remember the people in their jobs lost out. I don't know. And I'm not putting that on Pelosi. Please don't say I'm accusing her of anything. No, no, no. And I don't think that you are, but it is quite puzzling. It's shocking. It's a head scratcher. I it's frustrating. I can't even sit through the news that long when I hear stories about him and it's just like why the fuck don't they just like he's unstoppable. Yes. And I think that the fear that I have just as somebody 
who's an observer, not of just U.S. history. But I mean, I just wrote a book yeah. about South Africa and looking at around the world, you're seeing democracies falling. Yeah. Like we're actually seeing a moment where democracies in Europe are teetering, where far right movements just like Trump are taking over Europe. Yeah. And it's crazy. Like in Germany, particularly. Poland, Germany, crazy. Hungary, yeah. all these countries that emerged out of World War II as democracies are going backwards. Going backwards. Even Italy is going backwards toward fascism. Italy? Italy. See, this is why I don't like to travel to Europe. I don't want to go anywhere but Mexico. That's <laughs> it. My boyfriend's like, where do you want to go for vacation? Mexico. We can go anywhere. I'm like, Mexico. I want an easy flight. I'm not, uh, I don't want any Canada. Trauma. You can go to, you know, Niagara Falls. Canada's mm. still normal. I mean, the thing that's terrifying to me is that we are sliding into an authoritarian system and Americans don't understand it because most Americans, A, don't travel outside the United States yeah. and aren't that, and no, no offense to most Americans, but most Americans don't have a passport. I just looked it up the yeah. other day. Only 36% really? of Americans have a passport. 36%. And the vast majority of our education system doesn't focus on foreign, on, on international history. Yeah. So we don't learn a lot about other countries. So Americans just assume that the bad places where like Germany went Nazi and like fascism happens over there. It can't right. happen here. Oh no, honey, it can happen here. And it's already It's in the works. We're trending toward an authoritarian government with a president who is unstoppable, meaning he can be as corrupt as he wants, commit actual crimes, enrich himself off his office like a kleptocrat, like the, you know, like the former dictators of Egypt or the current one. You know, I mean, we can have that kind of government easily. And isn't he now uh, pushing to investigate the CIA? Yes. What his, is happening? Because his attorney general is equally corrupt and is saying, I'm not going to stop foreign intervention as attorney general, full stop. What I'm going to do is make any CIA or FBI agent so afraid to stand in the way of Russia helping Donald Trump get reelected because I'm going to investigate them. The threat that's now hanging over every FBI agent, every CIA agent, is if you catch Russia doing it again or you catch another Trump friend, the UAE, the Israelis, the, you know, if you catch China, if you catch any foreign government trying to help Donald Trump and you call it out, you might have to lawyer up. Because William Barr might come after you. Unbelievable. He's not. Unbelievable. We don't even have an attorney general anymore. We just have Roy Cohn. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I'm very worried. I'm just being honest. I'm worried. I don't see how democracy can survive. Thrives. This. No. Yeah. Because you have a dictator. If he can't be stopped, if he can enrich himself and get rich off being president and make his family rich off being president and no one will stop him. And if he doesn't have to abide by the law and he can break the law. And if the only person stopping him says, we'll fix it with an election, how do you know the election will be free and fair? You're going to fix it with an election that you can't guarantee will even be free and fair. Yeah. Because Russia might just go at it again and probably will. They got away with it the last time. It's too depressing. You have voter suppression. You have at least 26 states had their voter rolls compromised. That's like voter suppression on steroids. That means a foreign government can go in our voter rolls and delete everybody whose last name is Reed. Mm. That's the power that they have intervening in our voter rolls. They don't even have to change the actual votes, and we don't know if they can't do that. Yeah. So I'm worried that <laughs> Speaker Pelosi, as you know, God love her, she's counting on an election to fix Trump when I can't get anyone to guarantee me who's in that business that the election will be free and fair. Maybe she's waiting. Okay, okay. You said something, you know, that, that, okay. Let's say she's waiting to see who wins the next 
presidential election. Mm -hmm. And then if Trump does win again, then she'll move into impeach. I've heard that, that they want to hold on to impeachment for a second term and do it the way. Remember, Nixon was impeached in the second term and so was Clinton. So maybe that she wants to hold impeachment as a Trump card, quote unquote. Ha. Okay. But how would that curb his behavior? Right. So my my problem. He, didn't he say he wouldn't leave if he? We don't. He, he said that he's implying there'll be violence in the streets if he doesn't win that election. That he would somehow what is he going to foment civil war? Well, his people are the armed people. Yeah. So I do worry about violence if he loses, or him just saying I don't accept it. I don't believe I was I lost, and I just don't accept it. I'm gonna yeah. leave it. Yeah. And then what? Oh, then who? And I keep and I you know for this book I interviewed a bunch of lawyers, and I interviewed them and I asked each one of them the same question. If Donald Trump loses a Supreme Court case or loses an election and refuses to abide by that decision, either of the voters or of a court, who would stop him and who would make him abide by it? No yeah. one has been able to answer that question for me. Mm. Who would make him do it? The Capitol Police? Yeah. William Barr? <laughs> so the reason I'm like so constantly freaked out these days is that no one is no one is fighting him the way he's fighting our system. Right. And our our system of government and our democracy. He's fighting it. And he's kind of fighting it effectively for yeah. somebody who doesn't read and isn't that articulate. Who and you don't look at as being that smart. And you have to wonder, is he coming up with all of this or who's really behind it? Is it really him? I honestly think, you know, um, Chuck he's Rosen. He's not that smart. He, he doesn't even form sentences that sound like proper English. But as Chuck Rosenberg, who we're going to have on the show this weekend, who's very smart and is a former federal prosecutor, worked with Robert Mueller, said... Donald Trump said to George Stephanopoulos in the same interview where he said he would take Russian help, he said, I've been around a lot of um, prosecutors. I've been around a lot of people. No one goes to the FBI. Chuck Rosenberg goes, who talks like that? Yeah. Have you ever been around a lot of prosecutors, Jack? Mm -mm. Have you ever had any reason to talk to the FBI? He's like, only really like gangsters talk like that. He right. talks like a gangster. And he acts like a gangster. Mm. So somebody has to be Elliot Ness up in this, you know? Yeah, who's somebody gonna has be? to be. Who's going to be the Elliot Ness? I don't see him. I can't wait to see who it is. It has to be someone. 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 I, I'm starting to think that the only hope, really, right now that Democrats have, it's all going to depend on who Democrats pick as their presidential nominee. Because when you have a nominee, they call the shots. It's yeah. no longer the speaker. Right now, she's the only game in town. Yeah. She's the only leader. She's the third most powerful person in America. how far away are we from that? Oh, I don't think it's that far. I think after, you know... You I mean, when it, there's so many candidates. When is it going to be whittled down and we'll figure out who's the front runner? That's not going to be until like a year from now, right? Maybe like by April. Because look, Super Tuesday has California and Texas in it. That's not going to... Yeah. Not very many people are going to come out of that. April feels like forever. It does. But we might have to wait till April till there's a nominee... And then when you have a nominee, it's going to depend on who it is. If it's Biden, he's already said he wants to seek accommodation with the Republicans. He says he wants to find a compromise, which I don't even know what he's talking about. Right? If it's Warren, she's going to fight like hell. Oh, Let's keep it real. If it's I Kamala, fight like hell. Yeah. So there's certain fight like hell ones. And then there's some that say we can make accommodations with the other side. Yeah. So if you pick the accommodation people, you're going to get that. And if you pick the fight like hell person, you're going to get that. So you need to think about who you're. The polls show that almost any of them can beat Trump. Yeah. So stop thinking about electability and think about who do you think is going to fight the way you want them to fight. Right. Pick that person and vote for them. Mm -hmm. Because it really now, to me, is going to be up to the Democratic nominee to lead the fight against Trump. Because for whatever reason, and she could have perfectly valid, good reasons, 
Speaker Pelosi is not going to take up the constitutional fight against Trump. She's made her decision. I accept that that is her decision. I'm, I, I can't change it. I just know that that's what her decision is. And so now I'm starting to, like, shift my thinking toward who's the nominee going to be and how they are going to fight Trump. Yeah. Because it ain't coming from Congress. I'm sorry. Disheartening. Drink your champagne. I need to. I need to guzzle it. Guzzle. (laughs) Gotta get through this bottle. Okay, so let me let me talk about my wine down. While you were in London, yes, ma'am, I was in Madisonville, Kentucky. Yes, and let me tell you, bourbon capitals, child. Let me tell you, I had to fly into Nashville. Okay, because there's no major airline that flies right into Madisonville. Um, there's no airport there, I don't think. But and I why were you in Madisonville? Because my cousin, okay. the Reverend Alfred Reed, was retiring after 30 years at the Mount Zion Church there. Okay. And when I tell you, the Reeds showed up. And everybody wanted to know, where's Joanne? Where's Joanne? Because <laughs> I'm a cousin, too. They were asking about you. They listened to the podcast. They love it. It was redefined, girl. Yes. We were everywhere. We had to march into the church, girl. When church, they had seats for us up front. Yes. We took over. And it was it was one of those down-home black Baptist services. You know where they do the hymn? The mm-hmm. I'm yes. I never know what they were saying. <laughs> no matter. But it was God knows. It was and they had announced church announcements yes. and everything. It was so Did they have an altar call? Girl, they had an altar yes. call. They had the children come yes. up. It was there. They had food in the basement. They had a service at eleven and another one at three. That's real. That's real. It was real. And my yes. cousin Emmanuel Reed preached. That's my um my cousin's son. Come on. Um, who became a pastor? Well, he started preaching at fifteen. Right. Um. So he was incredible. It was so much fun. It was so good connecting with my family. But when I tell you, Madisonville is a very small town. Mm-hmm. It's a lovely, quaint little Mayberry esque. Right. Kind of town. Yeah. And when I say when I went there and with my vegan self, Ooh. I was like, because, you know, when they were Port cooking chitterlings, food, they had an event on Saturday, like a dinner on Saturday and then church on Sunday. Right. So when I got I got there Saturday, like early, early afternoon and they had the girl, they were bringing out the collars yep. with, with meat. Did they uh, set you aside some greens with rib. no meat? Girl, I didn't want people to make a fuss. Okay. So my mama and I. Ran to the store because Gail, you know, I love my mom. She wanted to make a liquor run anyway. Yeah, well, hey, so hallelujah. we had to go get wine and whatnot. Yes. But we were staying at the Comfort Inn. Yes. And thank God, sometimes you need to not look down on a motel. That's what I'm saying. Because not only did they have a refrigerator, yes. but they had a microwave. Okay, come Baby, through Comfort Inn. I went to the grocery store <laughs> and I said, inspiration, come on, what do we want to eat? <laughs> I said, let me get some of microwavable brown rice. Yes. Let me get some asparagus. Yes. Onions, red pepper, green pepper. <laughs> I got all these vegetables and then I got some soy sauce, some sriracha, and I got Mrs. How Gass. do you find sriracha in Mitchellville? Girl, Madison Madisonville. 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 Sorry, Madison. They, they had a grocery store. Okay. It was a nice grocery store. Okay. It was an employee owned grocery store, which was oh, really a lot of farmers there. That's nice. It was really interesting. I got all this food, and I said, let me try something. So I cut up these vegetables. Right. And, you know, I travel with an, a plastic knife so I can get through security. By the way, guys, this is the most <laughs> Jackie Reed story I've ever heard in my entire life. And then I found <laughs> sriracha, and I just sprinkled 
a little bit of it on. Mrs. Julienne to the vegetables. <laughs> well, wait, listen. I carry my julienning equipment everywhere I go. <laughs> it's plastic so I can get it through security. You, you leave, you're even fabulous on travel time. Girl, That's amazing. I took it all on board. I didn't yes. check anything. But I cut up the vegetables, put a little olive oil in it, put it in the microwave, this is so and Jackie. let it saute in the microwave. She sauteed it. Added the brown rice, added the Mrs. Dash, soy sauce, the sriracha. It was. And you went to town. Girl! Let me tell you, I went down where everybody was feasting in the break in little. And you, you had know, a Tupperware full of your own food. I ate up in my room. I didn't want to be disrespectful. That's true. Very but everybody well Everybody was like, "Are you gonna eat? Are you gonna eat with the with the pig's feet and Hog this moss, and that girl ribs and this and that?" Chitlins, I was like, everything. "No, I'm good. I'm good. I ate belly full. And belly was full. Mm, mm, girl, mm. I made. And then I had also made a nice little salad. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. Can I just tell you, <laughs> um, normal people. <laughs> Would be like, so and then delicious. I bought a pack of hot dogs, <laughs> and I microwaved it. Daddy's like, and then I found a sprig of garlic. It was amazing. And I threw it on the top and made a beautiful garnish. <laughs> Everybody's like, why the hell did you find that? And then I praised the Mother Earth <laughs> for blessing me with such wonderful choices. And then a Sprite <laughs> skipped in front of me and said, Jacqueline, you yeah. are a revelation. <laughs> To all us little sprites. It was delicious. <laughs> delicious. That is amazing. See, first of all, nobody else could tell that story because nobody else would do all that shit just to eat some food. I'm just saying. You could have literally just had you like a lettuce sandwich and kept it moving. No. I, listen, it was so good. This was restaurant quality. I'm this sure was, it was. Oh, no. Was I believe that. Quality. I believe that. I believe you made delicious. a gourmet meal. It now was, that, no doubt. It was gourmet no for real. And you're the only person that could have done it. I had it for breakfast the next day because I didn't want to eat. You know, Comfort Inn has a nice little complimentary breakfast. But you couldn't eat it because it's eggs. eggs, waffles, Waffles. sausage, Mm -hmm. bacon. Mm -hmm. I wasn't doing Mm -hmm. all that. Mm -hmm. It was delicious. So Jackie. There should be like a thing that just says, that's so Jackie. (laughs) (laughs) And every time somebody says the word Julianne, it should just go across (laughs) the screen with a rainbow. (laughs) That's so Jackie. For real, because you're the only person that does all it that. It was delicious. That's a lot. You're doing the most. Let me tell you, girl. I had in the in the motel rooms. You know, they give you your ice bucket and all this stuff on right. a little tray. That was my cutting board. <laughs> Girl, I was in the bathroom cutting and washing vegetables. My mother was just looking at me like, child. I know she was. My, this my Doing child, so the I most. You're extra. I love her. Extra. Like, I love her. Well, but let me tell you, I ate well. And yes. I did not eat any, and I you didn't have to like disrespect them. Yes. That's I great. didn't have to. But everybody was like, well, but I did find out that I did have a relative. Um, my cousin's wife. Uh, is vegetarian. Okay. So there was some salad down there, but I ate much better than that, girl. Yeah. My, my little rice stir And being vegetarian thing, is different because you can I was dairy. briefly vegetarian in college. It was miserable. You're literally just eating lettuce salad. That's not true. And cheese pizza. That's not true. You That's can what eat I was so eating. much more. And ramen. See... You could do the vegan thing if you really hung with me. You need to leave your family for like a month <laughs> and come and live with me. I don't have time to make all that stuff. You That's know, too I'll much make work. It for you. It's too much preparation. If you knew the the uh, abundance of things in this very building. <laughs> That's vegan. Literally, Jackie could go to like the um the, the machine that dispenses food, and then I julienned, <laughs> and I chopped up this little bar. It was fabulous. Let me get those roasted nuts, 
and I'll jelly on them, and I'll chop into fine pieces. I, I don't understand you, but I Let love me get it. Let potato chips. <laughs> <laughs> Pretzels, I'll take those. <laughs> Condiments. You, you know mustard? what you should do? Uh, and I'm deep, real talk. I know we we joke. You should go on the foot one of those Food Network shows. Really? There should be. I would love to see a show because do you watch? I don't know if you ever watch these shows, but they're actually kind of addictive, I do. right? Where they have to make a cake and they have like the ingredients are like a sock oh, yeah. and like a you know a jar of peanuts and it's like make a cake <laughs> out of it and they do. You could do that if they did a vegan cook-off type of thing, oh, and they gave you the most random freaking ingredients. You could make a total meal out it of it. It could be vegan slash survival. Vegan right? survival, the vegan survival show. You can do it in a, a small town, right? You could totally do it small and be town like town vegan survival. Drop you in a small town, <laughs> Madisonville esque, <laughs> and then you just like they give they say like you get peanuts. A twig and a, and, a, and a fig bar. Make a meal. And you'd be like, I a, do it. A fistful of spinach. I got this. I got this. Fistful of kale and sriracha. <laughs> but you could. It was the When it, I tell you. And it would be fabulous. I was eating like. Mwah, mwah, mwah. And I'll bet it was so beautifully good. prepared and presented too. It, the presentation I'm was I'm sure. Amazing. I assume it was. It really, really. I, hear, I bought a little glass bowl because, you know, I'm trying to do no plastic now. What? <laughs> now you've banned plastic too? Listen, because. Because it's ruining the earth. No, you know what? You're right about that. I actually have become a pain in the ass at my local grocer because I won't. I don't want the plastic bags. Right. And so I'm going out of my way to tell them I don't want them. Yes. So then I buy, and then I keep forgetting to bring them with me. I keep buying the the bags that the ones you can the, return. The go bags. That you and then return. I keep forgetting yeah. to bring it, so I buy more of them. Yes. And they're like, "Why do you want?" And they're getting they get frustrated. But I'm like, I don't want any more plastic bags under my sink. Because it's killing and, the and earth. In the earth. But let me tell you, when you know how you put your vegetables and fruits in the plastic bags, yes. You can save those and wash them out and just take them in your purse to the grocery and store. And take them again back. Yeah. And just use them again. I, I recently started doing that. And you would be surprised how often you end up using them. You got to think because the thing about it is, I think there was a story recently that I want to say plastic bags turned up in the belly of a whale or some sort of a they marine did. animal, right? Not only that, but when I was in Africa, I was in the Sudan uh, years ago. Littered in the trees were these plastic bags from grocery stores, like everywhere. But they're also in um, in in the ocean, yeah. like you said, inside of animals. It's they're horrible. Animals, they're everywhere. And, and, and I like, hate them. Plastic bags are actually the bane of my existence. I just can't stand them. They're like a little bo- useless balloon. But the thing is, like, I try to encourage people and myself, because this is all new to me. Being vegan has just opened up my mind to all these things. But it's just about, if you have plastic, just reuse Just what use you it. have and hold on to right. it. Right. Try not to throw it out. It's right. so important. I mean, we already, like, everybody has the plastic bags under the sink. Those are people who, you know, because you get so many. Yeah. So we've always used them to line the garbage bag. Yes. I use them to line my cat litter box. Like, yeah. I try to use them again for something, so I'll keep yeah. them, but I won't just throw them away because I don't no. want them to be in a landfill. Yeah. So I try to find things to do with them. Girl, in a minute, if I don't have a, a plastic bag, to, uh, something to go on my Girl, shower. listen, condition your hair. Condition. It is great it's for conditioning your hair. It's the best for conditioning hair. your hair. I use it always my conditioner? All the time. And you can leave it in the shower. Yes, and I do a shower cap it with it in a, hot, in a minute. Girl, I would do a shower cap. Listen. And it works. You just tie that bad we boy down. We could do a whole show on things on, to do with yes. them. Yes. The other thing you can that plastic. Absolutely. And when my kids were little, we would do art pro we always tried to do art projects. So I would take the bottles, which I also hate, the, yeah. the plastic soda bottles back when we used to be unfortunately let our kids drink soda. And what I would do is we did a whole uh, bathroom when my kids were small and it was an under the sea theme. Mm-hmm. So the whole room was painted, you know, beautiful sea blue, ocean blue. We painted a, a mural of, you know, seaweed and different like l- creatures and stuff. On the ceiling, we put a net 
because we had all this like um, string and we strung it together and made a net. And in the net were all these fish and the fish were made from plastic bottles. Oh. So you take the plastic bottle, you know how it has the little mouth? Yeah. That's the mouth. Mm-hmm. We put a little googly eye on the side. The kids painted a, a design I on the side that. of it. And then you cut the back of the plastic bottle and staple it so it has a little fin in the back. And we made the plastic bottles into fish, and you just filled up the net with the little fish. Oh, I love that. And they were adorable, because they have a little open mouth. They have a little kissy mouth. Yeah. That's so adorable. And then we would use the bottle caps for different art projects. So we tried to recycle things to make, like, art out of them. That's a good You can also take the plastic bags if you make, like, homemade little bears and stuff and stuff them. Oh, yeah. You can stuff little bears if you're sewing, like, a little animal or something. Because they're soft and cushy. Yeah. So you can stuff things. You can make dog toys with them. Oh, yeah. Stuff it and just sew it up. So, like... I'm I'm with you on the plastic bags. Yeah, I'm very see? anti them. Yeah, it, and we really have to really think about it. And why not use paper? I don't understand why grocery stores don't just all go to paper. Like Whole Foods. Right. And in England, so in England, they've been become very strict. One of the things that we did notice in London, you can't get a straw, a plastic straw. If mm-hmm. you get a straw, it's paper. And they don't give you plastic bags. When you go in the store, yeah. they will give you paper. They they really have cracked down on plastic in, in, in Great Britain, the which US is great. The U.S. needs to catch up on this. Girl, you know, we don't even believe in climate change here. Our, your president don't oh, believe in climate change. I cannot. It's, every, <laughs> it's like the, the signs are everywhere. What do you need? We have people here who don't believe. We, we should talk about We have people who don't believe in vaccines. We don't think people don't want to get their vaccinations for I the know. kids. They don't believe in climate change. Like, it's weird to me that the United States is this big, modern-ish country. But it's so behind backwards. on progressive issues. Totally. Like, I, I can't. I it's can't. shocking. I used to believe you. I have fallen, you keep to. What's greater than finding a gas station in the middle of nowhere? Knowing that less trips to the pump means less creepy encounters thanks to your all-new 2020 Corolla Hybrid. The first-ever Corolla Hybrid with up to 53 city EPA-estimated MPG is a game-changer. With standard features like sport mode, honeycomb mesh grille, and an 8-inch touchscreen display, it's more than just another hybrid. The Toyota Corolla Hybrid is sleek, fun to drive, and greater than ever. 2020 Corolla Hybrid EPA 53 city, 52 highway, 52 combined MPG estimates. Actual mileage will vary. So we got to talk about... um when they see us and when they see us now and Linda Fairstein, there's so many things to unpack, you know, Oprah Winfrey, they aired on own right after Queen Sugar had its uh, season. um, Okay. No spoilers. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it. Okay. So I'm not going to talk about it, but they, they came back for season four. Yeah. Um, And after that aired, they had when they see us now, which was Oprah sitting down with several members of the cast and some of the producers and executive producers, including Ava DuVernay. Yeah. Um, and then the Exonerated Five, she she said on that list, no longer call them the Central Park Five. They're the Exonerated Five. Okay. Let me tell you, I was just in tears, as was every... It reminds you of an old Oprah Winfrey show when there's an audience. Yeah. Everyone was in tears when she did the interview with the Exonerated Five. I'm telling you, this whole, I mean, because, you know, Ken Burns did the documentary. Yes. Which helped them ago. get the settlement. <clears throat> Which helped with the settlement, yeah. right? That was, what, 2012? It was years ago. Yeah. Maybe a little, right before de Blasio became mm-hmm. uh, mayor of New York City. Um, but this series, it's like, um, I can't think of, one of them said, I don't remember who said it, but one of them said last night, it's hard to watch. But everyone needs to watch this. But yeah. it was heartbreaking um, to see them, the pain. I mean, uh, 
It was hard to watch. And and, and we talked the night that I went, I had to do a panel. That's right. Who was on your panel? And so the, the panel was amazing. It was um a couple of founders of Black Lives Matter. Um, right, my, right, my brain right. isn't going to work no, right now. It, it was color change, right? The, and, and it was and Rashad Robinson right. of Color and Change right, of right, Color right. and Change of I Color of Change yeah. was the host of the event. On the panel was a woman who herself had been incarcerated and who became an activist and actually worked with the Obama administration trying to change things and right. two former founders of Black Lives Matter. And the reality is is that First of all, it was hard to sit through the two episodes they showed, and I have. And I'm just going to be honest; I haven't been able to watch the other two yet because I had the to, fourth one. I, I that was told it's the hardest one. Is the the hardest, but the the most powerful. And if this actor is not nominated, oh, they all should be. Like every yeah. award, yeah, the Emmys and yeah. Golden Globes should come their way. It should every come their way. One. And I have to say, the first two were so hard to watch because I lived through the Central Park Five. I don't know if you were yeah. in New York at that time. I, I was definitely here. Um, and I'm a little bit older than the Central Park Five, but I remember being a young black person in town in, here. And I was from Denver, so I wasn't used to the level of racial violence that we had in New York here. Yeah. You had the Yusuf Hawkins case. You had the Michael Griffiths case. You literally had neighborhoods where my cousins would get chased mm. by either Italian kids or Jewish kids. When I was here in yeah. Brooklyn, we knew Howard Beach is a no-go zone. We knew Bensonhurst, don't go there, you're going to get... You could get killed. Wow, bed you know, Bed-Stuy. Everything was, die, bed yeah, die. I mean, Crown Heights, We I remember going Eastern Parkway, Labor Day Parade, as soon, you know, the minute the parade was over, you had to get out of there because you yeah. would have clashes between the Orthodox Jewish kids and the black kids. Like, it was a, a level of racial violence I wasn't used to. And when these kids got accused. Coming from Denver. Yeah, we weren't, I was from a majority black town. We ran that town. Yeah. You know what I mean? Black people ran the town I was from. I wasn't used to this. Hmm. And, you know, we had problems with the police, but not like this. Yeah. And so living through that trial at the time was so traumatizing. It's the reason I never could stand Donald Trump. It's the reason I never could watch The Apprentice. I had no interest in it because I remember him calling for those kids going to death. We. Uh, that's how I remember him is he was the guy calling for these kids who looked like me and who were my age. And everything we did was wilding. Every time we went to the park, we were accused. Everything we black kids did was considered wilding right. at the time. Which is probably why today so many white people will call the police on yes. black people. For because of that. Yes. Barbecuing, and we were everything. Everything, everything yeah. was gang violence. They're wilding. Absolutely. And so watching this this movie, the babies that they oh, um, cast, especially the two littlest ones. Oh, my God. When he says, my uh, mom here. I couldn't I was get through in, it. Te- like like tears running yes. down my face. It I had was... to text my sons in the middle of it, and I texted them, you guys okay? And the youngest one, who you know, Miles, texted me back, yeah, why? <laughs> you need to make Because I was all emotional. Him. No, but he, so they were hit, and he and his friend have watched it, so they've watched it. Yeah. I'm going to get through the other two, so I have to. to. You have to see But you notice four. Linda Fairstein and Susan Letterer, who are the two prosecutors who are portrayed in it, Felicity Huffman and um, the Their woman. Their lives are falling apart. Falling karma, apart. Karma, karma, karma. And neither of them take it back. I cannot believe that I they don't have second thoughts. Wait, wait. I wrote, because Linda Fairstein wrote an op-ed in uh, the Wall Street Journal. That they let her publish. Wait. Well, come on. Rupert come Murdoch on. owns yeah. it. So, Fair. come on. Yeah. But she said... Listen, she said the larger picture of that terrible night, a riot in the dark that resulted in the apprehension. Wait, wait, no, no that's wrong. What did she say? Oh, this is what she said. She said basically that maybe they did not commit the rape. She said, okay, so they were exonerated for the rape and um, for the abuse of this woman, but they were in the park. 
She said they were in the park anyway, so they were probably involved in uh, attacks on other people that were involved that night. She literally knows that DNA exonerated them. The man who raped that woman, and it was a brutal rape, he admitted he did it. He was oh. a serial rapist. He admitted, okay, here, I'm, I'm sorry, I wanted to find this. So she said that outright fabrication, she called the um, the when they see us a fabrication, and she said that even though, she, this is her, these are her words, even though the Central Park Five didn't beat and raped the jogger, they still could have taken part in or assaulted other people in the park. What the actual fuck? She has no, first of all. She says it. Yeah, she does. She She, says it. Yep, and she argues that there was no interrogation that was unlawful. These were 14 and 15-year-old children. Without their parents. Without their parents and without lawyers. For for like, what? Hours. Beyond 48 days. Hours. I mean, they they literally forced them to make up stories. And you know that a 14-year-old is a suggestible child. And their stories were inconsistent. And they were inconsistent with the evidence. The, in order no for, evidence. There was none. None. Nothing. No, no DNA semen, evidence. No semen, no DNA. And in order for them to have committed the crime, they would have had to drag that woman's body a half a mile. You tell me these four children dragged this woman half a mile? Then she tries to say, well, even if they didn't do it, now she's admitting it, right. they somehow helped a serial rapist who raped other women by himself. The, confe- so, the man who confessed was confessed. the sixth man. Correct. And they're claiming that he... I want to interview Linda Fairstein so bad because I want to ask her. She's a sex crimes prosecutor, professional. Yeah. How many serial rapists have you ever heard recruited helpers? Right. That's never happened. And his confession matched the evidence. And his it DNA matched- is on the victim, and the victim's DNA was on him. Please. His DNA is the semen that was found on the jogger, on the sock, which she, the other one, letterer, presented at trial. And I so can. there's semen on this sock. Let the jury believe it was the semen of one of the boys. It wasn't. It was this random other person. And... Again, this man committed multiple serial rapes. And multiple. Even murdered someone. And did it alone. And the same style. Same style. Same style. And, and at least one other rape yes. was like the way he tied the same shirt around thing. the woman, same, same thing, thing from the Central Park job. Always alone. To the other woman. So Always you're telling alone. me in one case out of all the times that he, this man he committed recruited the crime, all these boys. Children to boys. help him. And that, and you know what children are who are supposedly helping you? They're witnesses. Yeah. So you're telling me that a violent serial rapist recruited four children to help him commit a rape and didn't kill them? Yeah. Show me the ties to these boys. Show me Where his connection. That? And the and so the reality is that she's just trying to argue against her own karma. Yeah. She and the other one, neither of them admit that they were wrong. Well, None of the prosecutors because do. Because she became a best-selling crime novel author. author. Crime no- and you know who her heroine is? A prosecutor. You know Law & Order? Special Victims Unit was set up based on her. What? Yeah. I never liked that show. I never liked Law and Order because I, you know why I never liked that show? Because I never could stand the prosecutors. I always felt like they were overzealous and doing anything to convict the people. Now and I'm know, a defense witness. Now you know why. Yeah, I always was on the side of the defense and they would defense would always lose. Yeah. The reality is, is just having lived through that era, Yeah. these prosecutors wanted these children under the jail. And if she is, admits now that they didn't participate in the act of crime. She said. This. 13 years Corey Wise spent in there. Antron and the other kids that were younger, between six and eight years of their lives gone. No prom, no high school graduation, no diploma, no friends hanging out at the mall. Sorry, she robbed these babies of their lives. Let me tell you, ah! if when they see us was heartbreaking to you, and I know it's hard for you to get to the la- through the last two episodes, when they see us now... That's on own that Oprah did last night, and it's also on Netflix. Will break 
will break you. Because when you see Corey Wise walk out on stage clearly having physical issues and clearly having mental issues, right, because of everything that happened to him. I mean, he was stabbed. So many things happened to him in prison. But what will really break your heart is um, Antron McRae, who when Oprah asked him, have you forgiven your father? Because, you know, his father yeah. was like, <clears throat> Made him you lie. are going to say what Michael they need. Michael K. Williams because, played him. Right. Yeah. You're going to say what they want you to say because they're going to be, you know. They're, they're, they're going to do what they want to do. They're, they're going to help you <clears throat> if you say. His father yeah. was so afraid of the police. Yep. His father been thought he system. was helping him. Yep. Oprah asked him, have you forgiven his father, your father? He said, and I'm telling you, everybody, including the young boys in the cast, everybody's in tears. He said, no. He, he said, I'll him. never forgive him. He said, I hate him. Yeah. He said, he ruined my life. He's a coward. Yeah. Joanne, and it you, was. And mm. when they asked him, he said, I know I'm damaged. He said, what happened to me in prison ruined me. Yeah. And he said he didn't want to get help. People were texting and tweeting at Ava like, I'm worried about Antoine. Antoine. You should be. He's a baby. She said... We're we're all surrounding him with love. Mm-hmm. We're trying to help him through this, and he is doing the work. She said being a part of that panel was his own way of Therapy. taking a step. You know what, Jackie, if you think about it, like, you know, I mean, oh. I was bullied as a kid, right? Mm-hmm. Even being bullied at 13, 14, still, I still carry certain scars yeah. of it. Imagine being imprisoned. imprisoned for something you didn't do and then come out and being called a rapist. Yeah. And imagine what they do to rapists in prison. Yeah. Even though they were in juvenile prison because they were kids. Yeah. Imagine the violent, well, actual Corey criminals who were there. Not. Corey Wise was at Rikers. And Corey was just there to help his friend Yusa. He just went, he, he just went to support the friend. And he ends up getting the longest sentence because he was 16. And so he was technically an adult, according to New York law. He went to adult prison. These were children. And by, and all I could see when I'm watching this were my kids. Of course. They were babies. But, you can get a 14-year-old to do almost anything. They are a child. Yeah, and of, mm, for these women not to even feel so, I wonder they, what. Because after the age of, like, eight. Yeah. Society, people who are not black, see young black boys right. as a threat. They do. They everyone the do. fourth grade on. When yep. they get to the fourth grade, they start to see black boys as, as a, a threat. threat. This is someone who can snatch my purse. Yeah. Who can hold me up at gunpoint, knife point. This is violent. someone who can hurt me. They see them as violent. Yeah. And the reality is, is that you know, this week, the last week, also the other thing that happened was. Um, Little Tamir Rice's mom, and and this is the boy who I can't even look at his picture without mm-hmm. wanting to cry, because he was yeah. twelve oh, and was seen as a threat by a police by some guy who was in the park as he's playing toy guns, as my brother did, as every boy I know did, as I did as a kid, and got shot by a cop who did a jump out, jumped out of the police out of the you know Sergeant L- Officer Loman, jumps out, shoots him within two seconds. I can't. Now Loman is trying to get back on the force, I can't. and the police union is trying to help him get back on and trying to overturn his. No. Of being on the force, the mom who already grieving her baby, her only son, has to now come out and try to stop this cop from getting back on the force. I retweeted the story about the mom trying to stop this cop getting back on the force. You want to see the replies in there? Well, he shouldn't have been playing with a gun. What people literally justifying this child being killed? So when I see the callousness of people toward little children who are black, it really makes you depressed. 
black parents or parents of black children, because we know there are a lot of adoptions, a lot of, you know, where parents are in, have black boys in their care, black children, you cannot take this lightly. And if anything, when, when they see us left me with was, this is a call to action, not only to try to speak out against the, the justice system, particularly the, you know, the, um, the prison system, but yes. particularly the justice system, but also black children need to understand and not take for granted that this could happen to, to them. them today. That's right. I sent my kids, somebody tweeted, it was very smart, it was a lawyer who tweeted out, and I sent it to all my kids, including our, my daughter, who yeah. you know, um, your dog, your dog sitter. I have a girl. Yes, and, and I tweeted to all my kids, and, and, I, and I made sure I sent it to and said it to uh, my youngest son's best friend, who's like my extra son, I always have an extra child, that, you I know, know <laughs> never, ever, ever talk to the police, period, Ask without a lawyer. an attorney. And don't say, I'm not going to, I won't talk, I won't. Um, don't say I want an attorney. That's the wrong thing to say. Don't say I want an oh, attorney. What do you say? You say I won't talk to you without an attorney. Why it's very not? important. What's the difference? Because they can say, oh, I'll get you an attorney. I'll get you. An you can just say I want an attorney. I want an attorney. They can stall you and say, I'm going to get you an attorney, but I need you to talk to me first. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get you an attorney. Just talk to me first. Say I won't talk to you without an attorney. And I told my sons and my extra son and my daughter, extra don't son. even say hello to the police Nothing. without a lawyer. You should not ever speak to the police without an attorney. Parents period. Need to show, parents need to watch this. Yes. Parents of children of color yep. need to watch this. They need to have a conversation with it yep. after it, and they need to tell their kids, this is what you do if this happens. That's right. I mean, these there was no physical evidence Nothing. against these boys. And the only evidence they had was that they were physically in the park. So that means if you were black or, or brown and in, in the, the park, park, you, you, you could have raped that woman. That's correct. And there were and dozens. And they were coerced to confess. And can I tell you what, back in the day, what we used to do for fun when I moved to New York? Because remember, this is Brooklyn and New York and New York City. Yeah. You know what people do for fun in New York City? They go to the park. Yeah, because you want to get outside. You want to connect with nature. You, you want to be outside your block. Yeah, you do. We didn't, When I lived in Denver, you know what we did for fun? Went to the park. <laughs> when, we, when I lived in Boston, when I was in college, you know what we did for fun? What's the park? Yeah. The idea that in just... In Atlanta, we would go to the park. park. Piedmont be, Park. Just being in the park is now a crime. That is the original. That's being, existing while black. And these boys had their lives stolen. And what does shock me is that these women, Ms. Letterer, who's now no longer at Columbia, at Columbia because the, stu the black students said out, and they, they got her out. They were like... Uh -uh. They got her out because she was getting away. But they tried the black student uh, law student council or whatever they're called. I don't forgive me for not knowing their proper name. They tried back in 2012. It, did. it didn't work to get rid of her, and it didn't work. Yeah, but they the removed um, information about her involvement in the. And I'm saying this just because it's what they removed the Central Park Five case. Yeah, they removed that from her bio yep. on the website. Yeah, but she continued to teach. Yeah, but now this time she quit. And she's also still though involved. With the with prosecutions in New York, remember she's still a consultant to the pro, to prosecutors in New York. Linda or um, the Better, Letterer, okay. Susan, Letterer, Susan Letterer, who's portrayed by the woman from um, um, with the curly hair. With the curly hair, yeah. yeah. I need an apology. American Horror Story. I need an apology. You're never gonna get it from the city of New York and from the police department. They they basically settled. So the city of New York did settle with the with the five exonerated five. 
um, but without admitting wrongdoing. Right. And they settled for $41 million. And it was only because de Blasio, because he campaigned saying, That's right. I'm going to settle this if yes. I become mayor. And That's when he right. did, he kept that promise. And he kept that promise. So they finally settled with him. They've never admitted wrongdoing. But it is shocking to me that Ms. Fairstein and Ms. Lederer, to this day, maintain nothing was done wrong. And the police involved. None of them are sorry. None of them have any remorse. I need an apology. None of them will ever probably apologize to these young men. They don't even feel bad about what they did. And that, to me, is actually the scariest thing, that you could rob children of their lives and not even feel bad. To see these men, particularly Corey Wise, and to know what we, he went through and to just see him, they are so broken. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're trying to rise above it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, what they you? went through, I don't know how you do. But mm. to the city of New York, I don't know if it was the police department or the city of New York, apologized for the Stonewall riot. They did. Right? They yes. apologized. The for NYPD that. did. Yeah. How do you not apologize for what happened to these boys? And I think in apo- yes. now. there shouldn't be an apology. I'm the only one of the Central Park Five that I've ever met is Corey Wise because actually mm-hmm. Reverend Al Sharpton oh. was the only one who would give him a job because he was still considered a sex offender, even though they did wipe their sex offender registry clean. And so he ended up getting a job with Rev. So I met him at one of Reverend Sharpton's Saturday morning meetings. Mm-hmm. And when you meet him, he's you know, he seems. Like you can see, he's he just seems there's a sadness to him, yeah, that is unescapable, yeah. And he and the, and apparently none of them like to be in confined spaces. Loud noises freak them out. Like they're the scars are still on these right. people because they were children. They were when little they went through this. And it, and I'm sorry, but listen, whether they even when they black, fourteen is a child. It's a child. That's a baby. I'm sorry. Fourteen is two years 14, from twelve. Fifteen, sixteen. They're 17, your child. They're not fully grown. They still can grow physically yeah, yeah. until they're 22. And mentally, your brain doesn't really start to develop as an adult until you're in your 20s. Tw- you're kind of 20s. a tween. I mean, you consider yeah. a 13-year-old a tween. Yeah. So think about 14 is one year older than a tween. A tween. So you take a little kid and terrify them and have big grown men, in some cases, physically maybe hit yeah, them. Yeah. You know, you had... You, I Rape. Mean, them. You don't know what's happening. I mean, I'm just talking about the police. Yeah. They can intimidate oh, yeah. you, dominate you, make yeah. you say what oh, they want. Oh, in the interrogation process. And for Donald Trump to have said, in, in uh, you know, to execute them, people are like, oh, no one would ever do that. Sorry, but I, I remember, you know, doing the case of a kid named um, Stinney, George Stinney. Mm. Little George Stinney, who was executed in the United States in the 1940s in South Carolina, and he was 14. So the United States has put a 14-year-old baby to death in the electric chair. Be- a little black boy who was coerced and he was railroaded for a crime he didn't commit was executed in America. Let's not even bring up Emmett Till. And let's not talk about Emmett Till, who's also 14. So that age group, when you're black, I'm has been considered you, fair game. After you, fourth grade is when they start to see black boys as a threat. As men, as 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 terror. I remember even pushing back on stories about Tommy Rice, who was 12, calling him a young man. That's not a young man. No, a 12-year-old is a child. And a 12-year-old playing with a pop gun is playing with a toy, and he's a child. And we have to reestablish black childhood. That's why I love all the posts about just joyful black kids. It makes you so happy because you forget sometimes that our kids, they have the right, they do have moments of just being able to have pure joy. And we they, we deserve it so much because our kids have to live with so much fear. And there's so much weight that comes with it. It's like you can have those joyful moments, but you can never forget what could happen 
when you when you interact with police. I have to be honest with you, and, and you know, I say this often. My godbrother's a cop. I have many friends that are police officers. I do too. I have you know a good friend who became a police chief in Ferguson, Missouri. You know, and so I you know who became the police chief of Ferguson. I have friends that are cops. Yeah, I'm still afraid of the police. Well, it's terrifying. Like Ava said last night with the "When They See Us Now" special. She was like, it's not that the system, you know, was changed or altered. It was designed, you know, to work against though, you know, black people, people yeah. and brown people and poor people. Yeah. It was designed. If you read if you ever want to read a book about it that's not by a, a, a black person, but that really puts it in perspective. Um, Chris Hayes has a book called A Colony in a Nation. Mm. Brilliant. I would highly recommend everyone read it. He talks about the fact that. Inside the nation of the United States, African-Americans are the colony. We are the colony in the nation. Wow. That the, the whole system of jurisprudence is set up to police and control the colony in the nation. Mm. Real talk. Yeah. And, and The 13th by Ava DuVernay, which is oh. a sort of a setup to this film. You, it really is. And you have to watch that. There's so I think that here, let me say this, and then we can, I know we got to go, you got to go. Uh, someone needs to set up uh, like a, a reading list, a watch list of things that we as African Americans, particularly those of us with children, need to watch and study. Absolutely. And 13, When They See Us, definitely this book by Chris Hayes, are definitely on those things that we, the, should be on that list of Michelle things. Michelle Alexander's book yes. um, about mass incarceration. Yes. I mean, there are so many books that you do, you do need to read. Douglas Blackman wrote an amazing book called Slavery by Another Name. Yeah. which he talks about, it's sort of a precursor to the 13th, where he talks about the fact that after enslavement was over, the United States, particularly in the South, devised a whole system to re-enslave black people and yeah. to use the federal, the penal system, the you know incarceration system to re-enslave black people. He, it's like the 13th, but in a book, won a Pulitzer Prize for it. You know, and he's a white Southern former reporter, you know, Listen. so, I mean, there are plenty of books that you can read and movies Angela you can watch. Davis, not the activist, there's a, uh, a college professor, Angela Davis, who wrote a brilliant book. I can't, of course, remember the name of it right now, but it's it focuses on how we as a people, particularly African-Americans, need to pay attention to local elections. A thousand particularly percent. Particularly district attorneys. Yes. Like, who is your district attorney? Who's running Pay attention right. to their record because those are the people Putting your kids in that jail. will put your kids and in judges jail. and elected judges. And by yes. the way, I will say shout outs to Rashad Robinson and Color of Change. They have partnered with Ava DuVernay yes. for when Ta they talk see about us. That. And so the partnership and the the, the, the thing that I did um, this um, panel that I did and I, I do now have the names of everyone who's there it was Deanna Hoskins, Alicia, the great Alicia Garza. Uh, and Darnell Moore and Alicia Garza and Darnell Moore are both co-founders of the Movement for Black Lives. Um, so Color of Change has partnered with Ava DuVernay so that the film When They See Us is a, is a part of a movement to get African-Americans to pay attention to who is your district attorney. Yeah. And they've partnered with Color of Change for an advocacy in 2020 to look at that ballot of who the DA is, is who the DA candidates are and vote accordingly. Because I'm sorry, Tamir Rice, that was a Democratic DA. Uh, Laquan yes. McDonald, Democratic, Democratic woman of color, DA. Yes. yes. And um, in the case of Walter Scott, who was chased and shot in the back in South Carolina, yeah. right wing Republican DA. So Look at their record, not their party. Angela Davis, the book is Arbitrary, Arbitrary Justice, The Power of the American Prosecutor. Yes. This is a brilliant book. I've interviewed her several times. 
um, on just not just her book, but the situation when it comes to the justice system, yes. African-Americans and how we need to pay attention. We come out when there's a presidential race. That's right. But there's so many local races, particularly district attorneys. Yes. Pay attention. We need to pay attention. That's the most important one. It's for the, black and, people. and a lot of times, what happens is in big cities, your sheriff. Remember Sheriff Clark. Remember yes, Sheriff Clark. You don't girl. like Democrat. Yeah. He ran as a Democrat, even though he's obviously a right winger. But he knew the way to win in Milwaukee, which is a majority black, majority is a preponderantly yeah. black and majority Democratic city. Just run as a Democrat. Yeah. Just because they're on the ticket as a Democrat doesn't mean that they are with us. Girl. And so you think about Michael Brown, all of these cases where you had a Democratic DA that never has an opponent. Think about running if you're an attorney. Run for DA if you are somebody who wants to crusade on the on the on the part of people of color. Run for DA because some of these guys stay in for 20, 30 years yeah. and they never even get an opponent. And so don't look at the party. Look at their record. Look at the record. Look That's at the really and important. judges too. I have a friend that does judicial races in Florida and no one ever pays attention. These judges get in with five, six thousand votes. And then they get to determine whether your kid goes to prison or not. Yeah. So really, please go down the ballot. I remember doing the Obama campaign in 2008, and we watched these lines that were stretching around the block yeah. flying through. And it was a 20-page ballot. No one was voting on the ballot amendments, the district attorneys, the Just judges. Obama 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 Obama, 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 and walking out. Please, for God's sakes, vote down that ballot. Yeah. Because those DAs could determine your child, whether your child's life or death, or whether their spiritual death yeah. by spending their life in prison. Oh, let me tell just you. Just saying. This exonerated five situation. Oh, it has this just... wasn't like a fun and bouncy podcast. This no, was like a deep podcast. It was. It was deep, but deep. necessary. 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 Y'all watch it. I'm going to watch the other two. So that's my my, my, uh, my homework. homework for this weekend is to that watch. That and The Good Fight. But you know what? Yes, and The Good Fight. I finally got right. the, the mechanisms to watch The Good Fight. But yes, I will watch the other two. But I need a whole. I ran out of Prosecco. So my Prosecco order came yesterday because, you know, I like to order a delivery. Uh, thank you. So thank you to the wine god. <laughs> thank you, wine god. <laughs> listen, you need to listen this weekend. Yes. Because um, we had Michael Boltman from The Good Fight on last week. You weren't here. But The Good Fight will be on CBS. So you can watch. You don't normal have to, CBS. Normal CBS thank starting Jesus. from season one. This weekend. Okay. Joanne. I'm going to DVR it so that I can always watch Those it. Those of you who don't want to pay for the subscription, watch it this weekend. It is such great television. Yeah. Predominantly African-American cast dealing with the politics that's going on in this country right now. So well written. Yes. So well acted. Trust me, you're going to love the show. The Good Fight on CBS Starting this weekend from season one, I will be watching it. And uh, Michelle Goldberg, a good friend of the of MSNBC, wrote a fabulous column about it in uh, the Washington Post, really promoting it and yeah. saying it's amazing. It might have been the New York Times, but anyway, you yeah. will love it. Yeah, no, I know, I, and I've already heard so much about it from you, trust from me. other people. I know I'm gonna love it, so I, I will can't watch wait it. Wait for you to watch it, and we I loved it when we had it. the actor here. He was so nice. I know, and Yambi, 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 Michael Boltman was also a part of. He plays conservative on the show. Ah! Uh, but he was great. Okay. Uh, well, so. I'm in it. I, it's on my list. We'll watch it. Thank you. In the you're middle welcome. of everything else that you're doing. Okay. All right. That's it. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for Read This, Read That. Please join us on social media for Read This, Read That. And on uh, um, Twitter, you can just leave off the last T for saving. Yeah, it's R-E-I-D. R-E-I-D. Spell it right. And, of course, Jackie Reed. Everything. You, Tom Joyner Morning Joyner. Show. Inside Her Story, which yes. is also on Sirius XM, 2 p.m., I love it. I've on been Saturday, on it. Saturdays, 9 a.m. On, on Sundays. You can also, I got if jobs. she got so many jobs, New York <laughs> Live, which is 11 11.30. 30. 
a.m. Eastern Standard Time in New York City Monday and also at Boston's The Hub today at 12.30 p.m. If you happen to be there, this girl in. Jamaica, she just don't know it girl. yet. You got too many jobs. And then you, A.M. Joy, this weekend. Yes, You'll 10 a.m. Eastern. And I'm going to be in Miami tomorrow. So if you guys are in ah. Miami and you see me holler at a scholar, I will ah. be there in Miami, Miami, and then back here Sunday. All a lot right, of travel. Fabulous. We love you guys. Bye. Bye. I need you in my life to go.